You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. First Peter 4 in your Bibles, and I thank you for being in church today, and I certainly do not take it lightly. I always look forward to Sunday. And I look forward to being with God's people, and I'm so thankful for the Word of God. And aren't you glad we have a Bible? Aren't you glad we have a church family we can come and we can be together with, and we can share one another's burdens, share the blessings, and be an encouragement? We find in this passage, we find a truth that is sometimes um, something we don't necessarily expect. We equate, in our minds, we equate that problems are a negative and solutions are a positive. That's just the way we equate things. For instance, if you get in the mail, and you'll get them this week, I'll promise you that, uh, or in your, uh, uh, if you do it online, you'll get it that way, but you'll get this week, you will get a bill. How many of you think you'll get a bill in the mail this week? All right. Put your hands down. How many of you'd be glad if it were only one bill? That'd be all right, huh? It's going to be multiple bills. We'll get those. And we equate a bill, usually we think, oh no, here we go again. However, if you went to that same mailbox and instead of pulling out a bill, you pulled out a refund. Oh, wouldn't that be wonderful? The bill would be, oh, here we go again. The refund would be, Hallelujah, we'd be screaming in the street and our neighbors would wonder what in the world's going on. We would be not surprised to get the bill, but we would be surprised to get the refund. Well, in 1 Peter 4, the Bible tells us in verse 12 that we should not be surprised. It says in verse 12, think it not strange or think it not unusual concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened unto you. Verse 13, but what's the next word? The second word in verse 13, what is it? Rejoice, hang on. We're supposed to rejoice over a trial. We're supposed to rejoice over suffering. That, that goes against our philosophy. That goes against human reasoning. Notice what it says, rejoice Inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be, what's the next word? Glad, also with exceeding, what? Oh my. We see in this verse, rejoice. We see, be glad. We see exceeding joy. And this is all about suffering. This is not talking about the refund that came in the mail. This is not talking about the IRS sending you a letter and saying, we are so sorry, we have taxed you way too much, and we just want to send all your money back. We're not talking about that. We're talking about suffering. We're talking about trials. We're talking about hardships. Verse 14, if ye be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye. For the spirit of glory of God resteth upon you. On their part he is evil spoken of but on your part, he is glorified. I'd like to talk to you this morning about how we can have joy in suffering. 
Our series is Joy for the Journey. We've talked about joy and salvation, and we've talked about the secret of joy, and that's having a, a real and genuine relationship with Jesus. We've talked about joy in serving God, and we've talked about joy, joy in sowing and, and spreading the good news of the gospel. But this morning, I want to draw your attention to 1 Peter 4, and I'd like to show you what the Bible says about how we can have joy in suffering. I normally do not have you do this on Sunday mornings, but if you have a pen and some paper, I'd like for you to jot a few things down. I think this will help all of us this week as we face suffering, as we face hardships, as we face difficulty, to see what the Bible says of how, about how we can have joy in suffering. Notice with me, number one, the Bible says, don't be surprised. Don't be surprised. Don't think it's strange. Don't think it's unusual when you face difficulty. The Bible term there is fiery trial. Now, if something is fiery, that is scary. That is dangerous. That is something that we are not excited about experiencing. There will be some fiery trials in the life of a Christian. But the Bible says don't be surprised. Notice verse number one of 1 Peter 4. For as much then as Christ hath, what's the next word? Oh, hang on. We think it's strange when we suffer, but may I remind you that Jesus suffered. Jesus knows what suffering is all about. I'm glad that Jesus was willing to suffer because had he not suffered on the cross, you and I would not be here today. We'd probably already be in hell. We would have no hope of heaven. We'd have no hope of eternal life, but Jesus suffered. And if Jesus would suffer, should we be surprised that we would have to suffer and that we would go through difficulty? As Christians in the United States of America, especially in the 21st century, we have very little idea about what suffering is compared to what Peter was talking about here. You see, that first century church they were imprisoned for their faith. They were tortured. They were killed. They were executed. They were mocked. They were ridiculed. We don't know much about that. But I do want to say this. We all know something about suffering. For you, and I'll go through a list. This is not an exhaustive list by any means. But we all go through suffering by way of sickness. And I know there are some people, and it's a blessing when somebody can live their whole life and say, boy, I haven't been to the doctor in 20 years, or I haven't been to the doctor in 30 years. Some people would be doing good to say, I haven't gone to the doctor in two months. Some people suffer a lot of, uh, of health issues and, and problems with sickness. Sickness may be the suffering you're going through. Maybe it's not your sickness. Maybe it's a loved one's sickness. For some, we have suffered through the death of a loved one. And by the way, if the Lord tarries in His coming, we all will experience the death of a parent or the death of a spouse or the death of a child in some cases. And we don't want that. We don't wish that. We don't look forward to that. But that is suffering that we face. We will face at times emotional suffering. And I'll tell you, it's real. Because there is a battle for our minds. And that old devil loves to jump on your shoulder and he loves to tell you how bad it is, 
And he loves to tell you how there's no hope. And he loves to tell you how that it's going to get worse. And he loves to point out all the negatives. But there is an emotional and there is a mental battle that many Christians face. For some, it's depression. And I'll tell you this, depression is real and depression, you say, oh, I've never dealt with depression. Well, good for you. But many people have and many people do. And that is a suffering that people can experience. Maybe your uh, difficulty and maybe your trial, maybe it's fatigue. I've talked to people and because of health issues or because of their schedule or just because of the way that they're, they're going through life, they're so fatigued they can't get out of bed. I've talked to people say, Pastor, I would love to be in church. I can't get out of my house. I don't have the energy. I can't go to work. I can't fulfill my responsibilities. And it's real. Maybe your suffering is betrayal. Maybe it was a family member or maybe a friend or maybe a business partner and you thought that you would never, ever experience it, but maybe they left you. Maybe they abandoned you. Maybe they turned their back on you. Maybe they lied about you. Can I tell you, that's real suffering. And if you've never experienced it, praise God, but some people have, and some people are experiencing that. Maybe your suffering is relationships. It's relationships that still exist and relationships that you have, but maybe you're in an abusive relationship or maybe you're in a relationship where, where you just you can't make it work and you just can't seem to figure it out and you suffer with that every day. Maybe your suffering is because of a child. Maybe that child is wayward, or maybe that child is backslidden, or maybe that child is unsaved, or maybe you don't even know where that child is. I want to tell you, that's real suffering. That is a, a, a suffering that you may be facing. And except for the grace of God, every one of us could face that suffering. Maybe you're suffering today because of being misunderstood. Maybe the people you love the most and the people you've done the most for, maybe they have taken your good and they have turned it around for evil, or maybe they have attacked you and they don't understand and you're in a relationship where there's misunderstanding. I want to tell you, that's suffering. That's real. That is something that you might face. Maybe your suffering today is financial. Maybe it's not health, and maybe it's not mental, and maybe it's not emotional, but maybe your suffering is financial. And it's nothing that you did wrong. You didn't go out, and you didn't make foolish decisions. You've, you've just tried to work hard. You've tried to pay the bills, and you've tried to keep up, and you've tried to fulfill your responsibilities, and you can't make ends meet, and that's a suffering that you're going through. Many have gone through suffering of miscarriages, wanting to have children. And my wife and I, for many years, we went through that and five miscarriages that, um, that, that we went through. And, and you say, oh, it's not a big deal. Well, you've never been through it because it's real. Maybe your suffering is none of those. Maybe your suffering is the consequences of somebody else's sin. Maybe there's someone in your life, someone that's close to you and they sin. Maybe they're in jail. Maybe they did something illegal. Maybe they did something immoral. Maybe they, uh, uh, they sinned against God and they uh, have done something that has caused you to suffer. And it's not your fault. It's not your, uh, it's not your uh, responsibility, but yet you are dealing with those consequences. These are all very real types of suffering. 
these are things that can cause great pain and great heartache. God's Word reminds us that we will face difficulties in this life. Job said it like this, man's days are full of trouble. The Bible tells us that in this life we will have tribulation, but I've got good news for you. Jesus said, although you will deal with tribulation and you'll deal with hardships and you'll deal with burdens and trials, Jesus said, be of good cheer. How can we have good cheer and how can we have joy? And how can we have joy in suffering when we're going through hardships? Here's what Jesus said. He said, I have overcome the world. You know what Jesus said? He said, I'm bigger than your problems. I'm bigger than your adversity. I'm more powerful than anything you're facing. And Jesus can give you victory, not just from your problems, although he can do that, but Jesus can give you victory through your problems. Jesus can give you victory in the midst of the trial. Jesus can give you joy in the midst of the pain and suffering that you face. Number one, when you have suffering, number one, don't be surprised. The Bible says, don't think it's strange. Don't think it's unusual. We all will go through suffering. Number two, I see in this passage, don't be sad. You say, well, pastor, that's easier said than done. I know, and I think Peter knew that under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. That's why four different times he had to say, rejoice, be glad, be happy, have exceeding joy, because we don't compute suffering and joy together. But God says you can have joy and I can have joy in suffering. Be glad, do not be sad. God's word tells us that we can have joy in suffering. One of the greatest advertisements for Christianity is a person who's going through suffering, but they still have a smile on their face. Someone who's going through a trial, but they still have the joy of the Lord. I want to tell you, anybody can be happy when there's money in the bank. Anybody can be happy when the health is good. Anybody can be happy when the marriage is good and the kids are good and the grades are good and, and the house is not falling apart and the car's not broken down. Anybody can rejoice in the good times. But can I tell you, a Christian who knows the Lord, a Christian who is born again and on their way to heaven, a Christian who trusts God, they can have joy and we can have joy in the midst of suffering. Be a happy camper. Don't let the worry and the doubt and the fear and the anxiety control your life, no matter how bad your situation is. Doesn't matter how bad it gets down here. It's just for a moment. It's just for a short while. It's just for a season because you and I will have the joys of heaven for all of eternity. So don't be sad. Don't be discouraged when you go through trials. Rejoice. Have joy in suffering. Number three, I see in this passage, how do we have joy in suffering? Number three, seek to glorify God. We said, number one, don't be surprised. Number two, don't be sad. But number three, seek to glorify God. We live in a society, and it's, you're, I'm not telling you anything you don't already know, but we live in a society where it is all about self. It is all about selfies. Some of you don't know what a selfie is, and God bless you. It's all about self-helps. You know the number one books that are selling in the bookstores? How to be a better you. How to have a better self-image. 
how to have more self-confidence, how to be this and how to do this, and you can do it. And by the way, you probably can do it with the Lord's help, but you're not going to do it on your own. And you certainly are not trying to do those things to bring glory to ourselves because that's not why we're here. We're not here to glorify ourselves. We're here to glorify our Father which is in heaven. The Bible says in verse number 14, If ye be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye, for the Spirit of glory and of God resteth upon you. On their part, he is evil spoken of. But on your part, he is glorified. Oh, hang on. You know how God can get a lot of glory? When His people suffer, but they stay faithful. When God's people suffer, but they don't lose the joy. When God's people suffer, but they don't complain, and they don't get bitter, and they don't get mad. That's how we can glorify the Lord. Look at verse 16. It says, Yet if any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God on this behalf. I don't know if you know this. It's a simple chorus. We used to sing it when I was a teenager. In my life, Lord, be glorified. Be glorified. In my life, Lord, be glorified today. Then we'd sing, in my home, Lord, be glorified. In my church, Lord, be glorified. And that ought to be our desire and that ought to be our prayer every single day of the week. Lord, I want you to get glory from my life today. Seek to glorify God in your suffering and through your suffering. Notice number four, it's found in verse 16 also. It says, if any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God. Number four, I'll say this, how to have joy in suffering. Do not be silent in your suffering. The verse says, don't be ashamed. Sometimes we have suffering and maybe it's a heartache or maybe it is a death in the family or maybe it's a, a broken marriage or maybe it's a child or, or maybe it's a sickness. And, and sometimes we, we withdraw and we don't talk to anybody and we don't look at anybody and we don't do anything for anybody else. We, we, we close into our own little shell. And friend, I'm not saying that you ought to broadcast your problems. I'm not saying that at all. I don't think that's a good idea. I don't think it's a good idea to respond immediately when you don't even know what's going on and you don't even know uh, what God's trying to do. But I will say this, don't broadcast your problems. But do broadcast the goodness of God. And do let everybody know how God's good and let everybody know how God's grace is sufficient for the suffering. Do not be silent in your suffering. These problems that you and I face, these problems are possibilities with God. These burdens that we face, these are blessings that God can take and God can work. And as long as God is in the equation, I've got good news for you. There is still hope. As long as God is still in the picture, don't be silent in your suffering. Let people know how good God is. Notice with me, if you would, in verse number 15, the Bible says, but let none of you suffer as a murderer or as a thief or as an evildoer or as a busybody in other men's matters. The Bible says suffering that is self-inflicted, that's not really suffering. If I go out and I kill somebody and I'm, and I'm sitting in prison, that's my own fault. 
right? I brought that upon me. I can't say, oh my, but God brought this suffering upon me. No, he didn't. I did. I was an idiot and I brought it upon me. If he suffers as a murderer or as a thief or as an evildoer, you do something that is wicked and you suffer. That's not God's fault. That's nothing that God's doing. Then it says this, or uh, as a busybody in other men's matters. I say don't be silent in your suffering, but I'll tell you this. Our words ought to be about glorifying God and not about tearing people down. This verse, it's amazing out of all the examples Peter could have used, he said, don't be a busybody in other people's matters. Last night in our devotions with, with, the, with my girls, we were reading a, a story about a frog that lives in um, Central America and lives in South America, and it is a poison dart frog. That frog has enough poison in its little body to kill 10 men. It got the name because the, the tribes there, they would take the poison from those frogs and they would put them on the tips of their darts and arrows so that they would be deadly. And uh, we were reading the story and in that story it said, and, and did you know that you have poison in your tongue? And Lacey and Savannah looked at me and said, for real, dad? I said, well, it's not that kind of poison. But I tell you, we do have poison in our tongue sometimes, don't we? James says that in your tongue is the power of life and death. Boy, your words can do so much good and your words and my words can be so encouraging or our words can be so sharp and our words can be so deadly. Hey, be silent when it comes to the criticism and when it comes to the negative and it comes to tearing people down. I'd be quiet about that. I'd be silent, but let's not be silent in praising God and let's not be silent in worshiping God. And let's let the world know that we love Him and we trust Him and no matter what we suffer, we know that He's in control. Number five, I see in this passage, how do we have joy in suffering? It says in verse number 19, Wherefore, let them that suffer according to the will of God. Now, hang on. This verse tells us that there is suffering in life that is according to God's will and God's plan for us. So that means there's some suffering that God intends for me to face. And there's some suffering that God intends for you to face. That's part of being a part of being in God's will. You see, when difficulties come, that doesn't mean you're out of the will of God. Now, if it's sin and it's wickedness, then of course you're out of the will of God. But if you're doing what's right and you're trying to please God and the suffering comes, that could be a part of God's plan and God's purpose for your life. So if the suffering comes and when it comes, don't run from God. Don't abandon God. Don't jump ship. Don't quit singing in the choir. Hey, I'm having a hard time. I got to sing, stop singing in the choir. No, that might be a good time to stay in the choir. And somebody says, wow, that person's going through a whole lot, but they still have joy. Don't quit teaching the Sunday school class and don't quit running the bus route and don't quit serving God and don't quit going to church. Well, I just got to get my life in order. That's like saying you're dying of a sickness and I'm not going to the hospital till I get better. No, that's not the time to run from God. It's the time to get closer to God. Stay in the will of God, even with suffering. You may not see it. I may not see it, but God is still working His plan in our lives. 
Notice verse 19. How do we stay in the will of God? Verse 19, according to the will of God, commit the keeping of their souls to Him. You know how you stay in the will of God? You trust Him. You say, God, I don't understand where we're going. I don't understand your path. I don't understand these circumstances. I don't understand all that you're doing. But Lord, I don't have to understand because I trust you. I know that you're in control. I know that your way is best. And they say, it says to commit the keeping of their souls. If God's able to keep your soul safe, God's able to give you strength for today. God's able to help you through the battles that you'll face this week. Wednesday night, Brother Bobby Turner sang a song, and the song said, If I never had a problem, then I'd never know that he could solve it. And I'd never know what faith in God could do. Well, we look at suffering as such a bad thing, but I want to remind you, child of God, that suffering may be the best thing you ever face because that may be the thing that draws you closer to God. That may be the thing that would draw you closer to a spouse. That may be the thing that would draw you closer to the church and draw you closer to the family of God. Can I tell you, you can trust Him in the suffering. Notice what it says in verse 19, that according to the will of God, commit the keeping of their souls to Him in well-doing. How do you stay in the will of God? You just keep doing well. You keep doing right. You keep living right. You keep serving God. You keep reading your Bible and you keep praying. You say, but I'm suffering. I know, but that's not the time to quit doing what's right. That's the time to stay faithful to Him. Galatians 6, 9, let us not be weary in well-doing. For in due season we shall reap if we faint not. And then I see lastly in verse 19, how do we stay in the will of God through suffering? It says, commit the keeping of their souls to Him in well-doing as unto a faithful Creator. You know how you stay in the will of God? You know how I stay in the will of God? I just have to remind myself that He is faithful. And He is dependable. And He is able to keep me. He's able to, uh, to, to, to direct my path. He's able to give light to my way. He's able to give me strength. He is faithful. I'm so glad that God is faithful. We can have joy in suffering. In your hymn book, you don't have to turn there, but it's Song 312, Rejoice in the Lord. Ron Hamilton, we also know him as Patch the Pirate. He lost his eye to cancer many, many years ago. And when he lost that eye, he began to pray and began to, to seek the Lord. And God gave him a song. And the song says, Oh, rejoice in the Lord. He makes no mistakes. He knoweth the end of each path that I take. For when I am tried and purified, I shall come forth as gold. I want to tell you, there can be joy. Oh, rejoice in the Lord. There can be joy in suffering. One of Napoleon's generals had an army, a, a group of soldiers, that attacked an Austrian town. The town had no defense. The town was caught off guard. The town had no idea that this army was invading. And this general appeared with 18,000 soldiers. When the town council was about ready to surrender, 
One of the elderly men in the, in the uh, church there in that town, he, he begged the, the town leaders. He said, let's not surrender yet. He said, it's Easter. He said, would you just let us have church? Would you just let us have uh, Easter services and let's leave the trouble in God's hand for today. And the town council reluctantly agreed. And the French who had surrounded them, they began to hear the church bells ringing. And the bells were ringing so joyfully that the soldiers that had come to attack, they assumed that the Austrian army had arrived and that reinforcements had come. And upon hearing those bells and upon thinking that uh, the Austrians had reinforcements, the French retreated and the town was saved all because they let the joy bells ring even in adversity. This has been duplicated many times in our own lives. When you ring the joy bells in the face of pain and sickness and poverty and fear and loneliness and other trials, that's when the joy bells conquer. That's when the foe has shrunk away and that is when the bell ringers have found themselves in possession of victory. For no enemy is quite so strong as faith accompanied with good cheer. Friend, you might be ready to surrender. You might be ready to give in to the suffering and give in to the pain and you might be ready to give in to the problems, but would you just keep those joy bells ringing? And would you just keep praising the Lord? And would you just keep worshiping the Lord? And would you experience victory and joy that you can have? Not just when you escape suffering, but joy that you can have in the midst of the fiery trial. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.